Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to hear your word and obey your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Our scripture lesson today is from Acts 18, verses 1 through 4, and can be found on, excuse me, in your Bible on page 1724. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who recently, who recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Our second scripture lesson comes from 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 18, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1772. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so, there, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized into my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I have so many fond and memorable times from the, the recent sabbatical, and uh, Linda Thomas and myself really appreciated the opportunity last week to share some of the photos and uh, some of the times and, and what I learned and uh, what we learned from that particular experience. And uh, uh, when you get feedback from your, your family, um, it's sometimes hard to take. So uh, when I got home, you know, I said, well, what did you think of the presentation? Because both of them had worked with it. And so they said, well, Thomas said, Dad, uh, we knew it wasn't going to be a short presentation when you were on the first slide for the first 10 minutes. So, okay. So anyway, but we appreciate the opportunity to just kind of share that and to... Uh, offer, um, you know, some reflections on that time. But I trust, too, that maybe you can't go away for three months, but that God will allow you to have those sabbatical times, those times of renewal and of rest that we all need. And sometimes life gets so hectic and so busy that it's difficult to, to find that time, but it's so important to have that time. One of the remembrances uh, that really is a fond one of mine is uh, from the Salisbury Cathedral. And it reminded me of a verse that was read by Debbie earlier. I stayed at Sarum College, which is only about 500 yards away from the cathedral. There was morning worship at 7.30 in the morning, 
and then usually the Eucharist followed that, the Holy Communion. And then at 5.30, every day was what they called Evensong. And Evensong was a worship service that the boys and girls choir sang the liturgy. And prayers were offered, scripture were read. But in the morning, the Book of Common Prayer from the Anglican Church, uh, listen to these words. And it was a responsive reading for one of the pastors there at the, the church, one of the canons. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is a power of God. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now, I didn't go over with Debbie and Dan, but I had a couple maps. And uh, one of the ancient world, it's kind of hard to write, need glasses, maybe a magnifying glass, but you can kind of see up there, I can't really point, but last week we were where? Well, besides here, where were we, people? What were we talking about? Well, we were talking about England, but we were talking about Thessalonica, right? Okay, so we're over there to the east, and then Paul makes a couple other trips, but his initial time then in Corinth, and Corinth is in the Greek islands, it's west of Athens, and Corinth was a noted city of that particular time. And now we go to the modern map, okay? They looked larger when I looked at it initially in that too. But you can kind of see, you have Turkey over there, then you have Greece, you have Rome where uh, Paul talks about and where he was. And, uh, you know, just to give you a perspective of uh, the world then as well as today. But this morning I'd like you to focus in on just a few thoughts. The title of the message is uh, The Early Church at Corinth and Us. And it's not only us, Abundant Life, Reformed Church, it's all churches, not only uh, those that are present, but those are in the past as well as in the future. You know, talking about us, that we're all together. And Nancy, I thought that puzzle idea was, was a great one. You know, that we, we all fit in. We all are the body of Christ as believers. That's what Paul talks about in his letters. That's what Jesus meant, that uh, he is the head. He is the cornerstone, and that we are, are the members that make up the church. And the church goes beyond just a particular building. In Greek, uh, in the New Testament, ecclesia means really called out. People that are called out. Some gathering that is called out. Called out to, to do what? Called out to serve God, to praise God, but also to be agents of Jesus. That foolishness that uh, Paul talks about at the cross, people can't understand that meaning of someone that came to this earth to show us love and grace and, and died on a cross but then rose again. And with the liturgy that uh, Ruth led uh, this morning, we are to be Easter people, not only on one day out of the year, but Easter people every day. But how about the church now and since? How to witness and proclaim the good news of God's love and grace through Jesus Christ. To be empowered by God's spirit to show love, mercy, and the abundant life that Jesus taught as well as the eternal life. When we look at Jesus, the church is uh, to carry out his purposes and ways, and that message is to be communicated. The church or body of Christ is not a club, like other clubs or organizations that we may be a part of. At times may be vulnerable to hypocrisy and being outdated and not current, 
to what's happening. And you've heard these comments. Uh, Christians don't really practice what they preach. Uh, I, I can be close to God when I go out on my boat to fish. And, uh, you know, but, but there's aspects of the church that we need to be focused in on. Theologian uh, Stanley Hauerwas says that the task of the church is to be the kind of community that tells and tells rightly the story of Jesus. In one sense, we are custodians of the greatest story ever lived and told. The church we are to rediscover and to be open to the Holy Spirit is to communicate to others this story in a way that makes sense in the 21st century. But there's conflict. You know, part of life is dealing with conflict. Would you agree? Well, come on, people. Wouldn't you? I mean, you know, husband and wife, siblings, right? Uh, children with their parents, right? Employee, employer, teacher, student, 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 right? We can go on and on. Church members, different churches, right? It goes on and on. Pastor Chris and I have an opportunity to officiate at different weddings, and I know it's really a privilege to do that, and often I ask the couple, do you ever quarrel? Do you ever have any problems or conflicts? And sometimes they get, oh, no, we never, con- we never... And I'm sitting there, too. Not that I'm a marriage counselor or anything like that, but what, what world are you living in? And, uh, because we all are fallen people. We all kind of are self-centered at times. We all kind of want to do our own thing, or we want people to kind of, hey, I, I can put this puzzle together by myself, and I can do it better than anybody else. And the first uh, early church in Corinthians, they had that problem, too. They were in a, a culture, the Greek culture, which was a, a noted culture of that day in advance, but there was sexual immorality, there was uh, doctrinal issues, but this morning, the focus is on internal things that were happening with that new church start. In the opening chapter, uh, we find the Apostle Paul finding out that Chloe's household found out that there were quarrels and disagreements, conflicts of different sorts. Some say, I, I follow Paul, and others says, I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, and still another, I follow Christ. Now, this last, I follow Christ, seems to trump all the others. I don't mean to kind of put a political, nobody caught that. Okay, all right, that, but, you know, that we belong, and we didn't have, the, they didn't have the scripture, they didn't have the New Testament in written form at that time, so it was really the leaders of the church that were examples and that they were trying to follow. And they're saying, no, it's really Jesus, it's really Christ Jesus, that's the one who's the head of the church, that's the one that we are to follow. Even the marks about baptism, it's not the person that performs or officiates at the baptism. It's carrying out that message that Jesus said, his sacrificial life and death on the cross and resurrection and new life. I had an opportunity this morning, uh, a little after 9.30, to be part of two baptisms at First Reformed Church uh, of Hawthorne. And uh, I officiated at uh, Diana and uh, Mike's wedding back in 2010. And uh, it was a joy to do that. And uh, they had a little baby about one year ago, Sophia Grace. And so uh, uh, Diana had a connection with that church. And so I, I didn't know that she was never baptized. You know, we talk about faith in the premarital times and that. And uh, she'd never been baptized. And also they wanted to have their daughter baptized. And it was really, it was a joy to be there and to go through the liturgy and, uh, you know, the presence of, of the community, you know, that was there and uh, as a representative. 
not to be like one-upmanship, you know, it wasn't that I that was baptizing, but in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's like the person sometimes that looks uh, at their face in a mirror and after looking, you know, kind of goes away and forgets what uh, they look like. I was driving to church here and I thought, Tom, what, what kind of tie do you have? And I couldn't remember what tie I had uh, on and, you know, I had to kind of look again. And, but you think about it in a figurative way too. You know, how sometimes we, we can look at things and really not see things as clearly. Or we need to be open to God's Spirit, or maybe we do see things clearly and we need to move ahead. I didn't have the verses from Mark uh, 9, 34, and 35 from the narrative lectionary uh, read, but uh, it was Jesus and the twelve that were gathered. And Jesus said, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. And I thought, boy, that really still ties in with 1 Corinthians uh, 1 that we were looking at, as well as Acts 18. But conflict, conflict is a part of life. Church, relationships, internal conflicts too, right? I know that's true. You might say, well, I might disagree, but there is. The internal, because we are, we are people that, that don't see things all clearly, that we need Jesus, we need the Spirit to empower us. But how about expressing compassion and commitment? We follow the example of Jesus, caring and respecting one another. Later on in the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, we come across the love chapter, and Pastor Chris is going to be uh, speaking about that next week. And so I said I won't take too much of that. But th that love chapter, that love is patient, love is kind, in those last verse of that chapter, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Scripture teaches us to put on compassion, to put on love, to put on humility, giving of love and showing love and care for one another. It's empathizing with one another. Not only those who are part of the community, and that's what we're focusing on, but those outside the community. But it's a commitment to care, to be an example of Christ, caring to one another. We realize most profoundly for ourselves of God's love and grace, his plan and purpose in the world and through our lives and in our lives, that we are God's workmanship, all under construction, that need his guidance, that need his empowerment. Last week, uh, shared about our attempt, well, we did. We, we rented a car in London. And uh, we had, Linda and I had driven over there in Scotland and England oh, about 15 years ago, but we're a little bit older. So before Lyndon Thomas came to London, uh, I bought a a book roadmap of uh, England and different parts, one of these huge maps in that. I don't know if you saw it, the display is still downstairs. And also, rules of the road. I thought that would be good to know. And because uh, you get there and they, they're driving on the opposite side and the wheel is on the opposite side too. But ah, you know, come on, how bad can it be? Then they have these things that are called what? Roundabouts? All right, so anyway, we, uh, they landed at Heathrow and uh, they were like, couple hours late. It took a long time. They were tired because they didn't sleep on the plane. I got there at six o'clock in the morning. We finally got to Enterprise Rent-A-Car and uh, we got a, almost a brand new car, you know, automatic. And uh, the guy said, well, th there's no GPS in that. Ah, we got a map. Don't worry about that. So we get into the car and uh, this is the honest truth. We could not get out of the airport. We couldn't get out of the airport. Those roundabouts, we're looking for M25, which is one of the major roads, right, in London. We, we couldn't get out. 
And uh, we kept saying, no, that's not it. And I'm saying, go to turn right, and it should be left. And uh, Linda's saying, you know, we're going to get in an accident. Thomas is in the back seat. We're going to get in an accident or cause an accident. He kept saying, we said, please, be quiet. And, and so, anyway, we're just going to return the car. Just leave the car here and walk back, you know. And, uh, you know, but, but we finally, miraculously, got an M25. And uh, we stayed in the slow lane. And we stopped one place at a rest place, and we finally got to Salisbury, which is about 80 miles southwest of London. You know, it was a scary time. It was an anxious time. And, uh, you know, words were said in the car. It, it was not a, a pleasant scene. And, uh, but we got there, and uh, then Linda says, I'm not driving this car at all. You know, I didn't even volunteer to drive the car because I was co-piling not very well. But, but God guiding and directing our lives, your life, my life, other people's lives. It can be stressful, nerve-wracking, unclear. There can be conflict, that's part of life. But it's only God's Spirit that can help us to live our lives most fully, as well as to be open to His Spirit as we move ahead, not only as individuals, but as a group, as a church. To be a community, Christ's community of faith, You've probably heard this before. The church is to be likened as a hospital for sinners. And we all are sinners. We all fall short. It's not a perfect place. But needing to be a safe place to worship God and to live the life that Jesus taught. The church at Corinth had problems. Every church has problems that I've been part of. But to be a caring community, not only to the people that are there, but to others, as I mentioned. I receive daily emails from Father uh, Richard Rohr, a Franciscan priest, who talks about Christian community and how in the 21st century people live out their faith. And uh, this one this past week was on loss of community. And let me share a few words. He says, unfortunately for centuries, the Christian vision of church was narrowed to what we have today. A preoccupation with very private salvation, our personal relationship with Christ, seems to be a very small notion of Christ. We've modeled church after a service station where members attend weekly services to get their faith fixed. The very notion of salvation, no wonder the church attendance and membership goes down. While there's a dramatic increase in the nuns and the spiritual, but not religious, those who don't identify with a particular religious tradition at all, People want something more from the church, and I really believe this. They long for a spirituality that connects their whole life, not just on Sunday morning, but the very nature of our lifestyle and our church teaching must point to the goal, the communion of saints, a shared life together as one family. Church is meant to be a place that nurtures and supports individuals along their journeys towards this goal. You know, it was indeed a privilege to be there at the baptism. And it wasn't mentioned by Past, Pastor Chris uh, Vandabunny. There were people that, that weren't there physically that had uh, passed on and gone on and uh, mentioned some of Diana's family members. And then I was looking at Mike, too, and, and Mike's grandmother. I just officiated at uh, her service. And uh, I know Sally talked about, I, I hope someday that they really come to a, a belief and a faith that's really active and I know that she's rejoicing right now with that. You know, a faith that's real for them, a faith in Christ, but also to go from that place. In conflicts, being open to the Lord at work, 
seeking for unity. You know, Paul talks about unity. Not that everybody believes the same. You know, the pieces that Nancy had, they were different sizes, different shapes. As, you know, we're, we're different people. But working together towards that common goal of serving Christ, of pressing on towards Jesus. Think about the great cloud of witnesses, those people that we know and uh, some people that we don't know that are kind of there on the sidelines. In other words, kind of rooting for us, encouraging us on, but looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and the cross that we have up there. In the baptism, it talks about Jesus' death on the cross for us and for our sins and for our salvation. Not to just kind of hold that in, but to communicate that to others of God's grace and God's glory. Even in the uncertainties, even in the, the needs that we, we'd like to have met right away, but in compassion and the commitment to the Lord, to one another in faith, working together in trust, and that we're in community. You know, that really came across again, that we're in community, friends. We might disagree, that's fine, but of respecting and loving one another. I'd like to close with a piece that I read at... Uh, Reverend Tom Henyon's uh, installation service just a few weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Chris, you've heard this before. Walt, you were there too. And, uh, but listen to the words again. Uh, this poem is called Take Time, the Author is Unknown. Take time to think. It is the power and source that we need. Take time to read. It is the foundation of wisdom. Take time to play. It is the secret of staying young. Take time to be quiet. It's the opportunity to seek God. Take time to be aware. It's the opportunity to be of help to others. Take time to love and be loved. It's God's greatest gift to us. Take time to laugh. It's the music of the soul. Take time to be a friend. It's the road to happiness. Take time to dream. It is the future that is made of. And then take time to pray. It is the greatest power on earth. Let us close with a prayer together. God, you know the conflicts uh, of that early church. Uh, there were a number, internal, external, as well as throughout the centuries, Lord. And that happens to all churches, and us as individuals, that there are conflicts, that we don't always see things as clearly as we need, that we need to be empowered by your love and spirit and guidance continually and your love, most importantly. So God, help us to sense your love, your presence, and your healing touch as we move forward in faith to follow you. Amen. If you're able, please stand as we uh, profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Saying together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing if you're able. In Christ there is no Easter rest. The next hymn.